I don't have time. It will be uncomfortable. They will never understand. These are all reasons or excuses to avoid difficult conversations. Whether these constraints are internally or externally placed on us, we risk losing momentum in a moment due to distractions that may take away from the opportunity to bring the right people to the table to have a powerful, productive conversation. In this episode, we will discuss the obstacles that may be placed before us and strategies towards navigating these barriers in an effort to have the conversations that need to take place. Hey there, Alex. Hi, Dave. So, there's a lot going on in the world, huh? Yeah, there is. And it seems like it seems like failed communication is what led us to this point and that um, more effect, effective communication is what uh, what we need to bring us out of it. Yeah, I I agree with you, you know, and we've got like a list, you know, an arm's length long of what we want to talk about, but I'm glad we're making space to have this conversation. I mean, really, it's just about conversations. And like you're talking about is, you know, communication, you know, maybe not being as effective as it possibly can be, mm-hmm. you know, and from my perspective, as I look around, I see so many people talking in large groups uh, or with loud microphones and they're speaking very loud. And there's, there's definitely value in that towards having voices heard and shining a spotlight on a situation or an issue. Hmm. But where I get concerned is that the productive conversations don't always take place beyond the voices, the loud voices, and you don't always bring the right people to the table. And I'd, I'd like to step away from like specific events and kind of generalize and to start off by getting your perspective around why some conversations don't take place. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, when I think about conversations that that haven't taken place in my life or that are really tough and, and did happen, I can remember being um, about as nervous <laughs> to have that conversation as giving a presentation for the first time. Right. And if I just if I just sort of riff on the idea of why I think those conversations don't occur, it it's definitely fear of change. Um, it's. You know, when you want to, if you want to unpack that, what that could mean, a fear of change could be related to the other person's experience of me um, and what life looks like after that, just because of my, my part of that conversation. Or like another way of putting that is just that vulnerability, fear of, fear of vulnerability. Um, You know, sometimes I feel like the conversations that I didn't have or that were difficult to prepare for were, uh, you know, fear of looking wrong what what, what it would look like if, uh, I had that conversation and where I was coming from made me look wrong. Um, you know, you mentioned having, having the people at the table and, and, uh, what, what if fear, what if there's a fear of having, um, folks at the table and, and what they might bring, right? Like, so, 
how might I have to change if what they bring challenges me in some way? What if I don't agree with them? And, and how, much, how much effort is it going to take uh, for me to, to pursue the common ground? And is it worth it? And all these different things that go on in your head prior to a conversation that needs to, needs to be had. Yeah. And you, and, and people don't like change, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's so funny. Gosh, that's so in so many ways, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's another, another angle is looking at it. Like, you know, there's a fear of having, well, it's, it's like what you just said with the fear of change. It's, it's having a fixed mindset or some belief that you have altered in some way and the work that it'll take to, to overcome it. Or, or how we might look if we don't overcome it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, as you were listing all of those, you know, those potential reasons for why conversations don't take place, I kept going back to this one situation in my life uh, where I was, I was serving uh, jury duty, and I had been called for for the jury duty, and so we had. Uh, listen to the case. We had all the facts. We had everything laid out before us. And we then had to go deliberate. And, you know, as we first sort through, you know, you know, the general admin uh, guidelines of what we're going to be doing over the next, could be an hour, could be a couple of days, basically looking at the facts and making a decision. You're kind of also feeling each other out in the room and you're seeing what's going on. And, we have an initial conversation and then it was just decided, let's just take a vote and see where we're at. And it was interesting because the first time the vote came back, it was 11 to one. Mm. I mean, that's a big majority, right? Yeah. We kind of all look around the room and it wasn't anonymous. I mean, once we then, you know, we then, you know, kind of read it all off in that, there was one individual in the room and at the time I was not a four person, but I just happened to be the one doing most of the talking. Mm -hmm. I, I know that surprises you. <laughs> um, so we had one individual and it was a woman and she was the, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, an outlier. Mm -hmm. And what was very interesting about this was that I immediately started to ask her, you know, what her perspective was, um, why she felt the way she did in terms of the case. I was always, you know, I thought I, I, I honestly, I thought I was doing an effective job of trying to be empathetic to where she was coming from, tr trying to see her perspective, mm. but also staying in line with, you know, what we had, you know, received in terms of the facts of the case. Right. You were asking her questions to to try to figure out, uh, to, to, to understand, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I could see all of a sudden, all of the nonverbal cues, she started folding her arms. Mm. And the more I talked, like the, the deeper, the deeper, the furrow in her brow went. And, <laughs> and I, and I, I, I got the sense, you know, I got the sense that it was me. And so at one point, and I remember this vividly at one point, I'd said, well, here's the thing. I, you know, we've got 11 people here who are all of the same mindset and we all saw the same case. Mm. I think you're going to need to kind of give us your rationale, your reasoning behind why you've decided what you've decided. 
And she became very aggressive and she, I'll say assertive, not aggressive. And it was mm-hmm. more from a defensive standpoint, but she became very assertive in her posture. And she said, you know, she said, well, I believe this and you're never going to understand because you're a man. Oh, geez. Yeah. And, and immediately, like, again, I, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm pretty in tune with emotions, perspective, ladder of inference. We'll talk about it a little bit later. I immediately came down my, from my ladder and I realized that anything I would say from that point on was just going to cause her to dig her heels in deeper. Mm. And we had to redirect. And, but all of these things that you're talking about, right. You know, like, uh, you know, when, when you said like, how might I have to change? Mm -hmm. If, if we had kept going down that path, she was not going to change. I immediately stepped off, you know, I was almost apologetic and I thought to myself, okay, there's, I, I need to somehow gain her trust, but honestly, I didn't, that wasn't going to happen. So we took a break and I'd worked with another individual in the room who was a female mm-hmm. and some people may, you know, accuse this of being uh, manipulative, but I truly was thinking about the greater good of what we were there, the purpose that we were there for. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, I can't do any more talking. I'm not the four person. Uh, and maybe you in your, with your you know, your female voice could make a better connection. And, and if we, if we go that route and she still doesn't believe, then, you know, then we've got other things to unpack here. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it was, uh, it was interesting because there was no way she was going to start by, she was going to, she was going to, you know, change the way she was believing. And even in that moment, and like I said, if I go back to the way she said it, she said, you're, you know, you won't understand because you're a man. Like she didn't even say you won't understand because you're not a woman, which is more of an inclusive way of saying mm-hmm. something. She said, because you're a man and that's more of an accusatory. And I thought, okay, there's some, there's some deep seated things there that, you know, I will never have access to right. know, in this moment, nor, nor, nor was I looking for them, but, but, you know, it, you know, go, you know, 10 years forward, it kind of brought me to the uh, Susan Scott who wrote Fierce Conversations. And she's got a quote. And I remember as I was going through the book and going through the lessons where it says, our power as people, as individuals is multiplied when we gather together as families, teams, and communities with common goals. Right. Mm. And and it's interesting because, you know, as a statement, as a comment, this is logical, this is obvious. But I think where we miss the mark is the last two words is that common goals. And so even if I go back to that jury situation, um, we had to start with one goal of breaking down barriers. Mm-hmm. And not everybody in the room was willing to do that. But the common goal they were looking to was to serve justice however that was going to appear there and 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 that's what i think about you know with with everything going on right now what are the common 
goals. Yeah. And it's interesting because when that idea of common goals and, and expectations, those things come from, to, to a certain extent, from experiences. Mm-hmm. And if I go back to your example, you there's nothing that you could say or do that would give the the fellow jury person the satisfaction of knowing that you had an experience that was relatable mm-hmm. based on what she said to you. you Absolutely. Know? So that makes me think, you know, when you talk about common goals and tough conversations, <laughs> what are strategies that that get us closer to reaching a common goal or a shared vision. And um, as we were talking about this possibility of a, of a conversation around this, I was like, you know, what, yeah, what are those strategies? Like what would I tell, tell somebody that I was coaching um, to do in a situation where they had a conversation that was going to be a challenge for them to have. And, and it's a couple of ideas that came to mind are just letting go of the ownership of outcomes. You know, you may have, you may have an outcome that you're looking forward to possibly, but you've got to let go of the ownership of your personal vision of that and, and be ready to meet people where they are. Um, you know, um, if you can, you know, as, as a, a way to prepare for that is to reconcile what your absolutes are against what your purpose might be. Is there a gap between those two things? And and I guess being prepared to close that gap as best you can is, is an effective strategy. And then in the moment, <laughs> constantly in that conversation is respectfully listen. There's, you know, whether you have the experience of somebody or not, there's the, 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 the ability to listen to somebody in a respectful manner um, can be a large percentage of what you need in order to reach common goals, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm right there with you, Alex. And, 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 you know, with that respectfully listen, you use a phrase all the time. You're always saying, you know, listen without judgment. Uh, and mm. you know, you, you got to trademark that. Um, by the way, <laughs> it's a tough thing to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. The minute I sometimes say it to somebody, they're like, well, how do you do that? Yeah, right? and I'm yeah. like, well, you stop looking at the question I just put in front of you like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, and 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 that's the thing is that you know I referenced earlier this ladder of inference, mm-hmm. and it's something that has you know been you know brought to me in a number of different forums and that, and it's this this concept, whereas you know everybody gets to a behavior via a similar path, but it's layered through personal filters and prisms and, and that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like we, we all have, you know, the access to the world around us, but it's then how do we take it in? How do we, uh, you know, digest it? And then how does it manifest itself in our beliefs? Right. Absolutely. And, and that's so difficult. Like you, like you were saying is that that's so different, difficult because Everybody gets to the top of their ladder in different ways. But, but what I, I can do because I simply know about this concept of ladder of inference is I can be the one in a conversation to recognize that that's happening. Mm -hmm. First of all, internally, like if I, if I, 
feel my heart racing, if I hear my voice getting a little bit louder, if I feel like I'm shaking a little bit, Mm -hmm. I can, you know, I can check myself and be like, okay, you're, you're climbing that ladder. Is this appropriate right now? Yeah. Can I, can I react to that? You're making me think of something The the ladder of inference idea, however, it's built like each rung of that ladder. If you consider that communications or communication and conversations with other people, there's a rhythm to that. And every, every time that rhythm is off, um, that's where, and if you think about it in your life, any time that that rhythm has been off, there's been a challenge and you've learned from it, right? You've grown from that. It's the person you've become. Uh, and, and so, it, it, and, and the other side of that extreme too, um, the, when the rhythm's on, then the rung of that ladder, that successful interaction has built your confidence. It's, it's, it's done something positive for you. And as you were talking about that, Dave, that, that ladder of inference idea, again, those, those rungs are built on the rhythm of conversations and the impact that that has had on how you show up. That is awesome that you layered that over this concept that, you know, I've been learning about hearing about over the past 10 years of my life. Uh, (laughs) And, and that's, I'm having all these epiphanies and I'm not going to, they're not all going to get out because what I like about that is that I knowing what's going on internally with me and seeing uh, how it's, it's coming out and revealing itself in the person across from me. Exactly. If I can then, I hate using the word control, but I'm going to use it. Right. Or, you know, if, if I can, you know, control or tweak the rhythm. So if all of a sudden our voices are getting loud and it's physically or physically showing up with passion, Mm -hmm. I can be the one in my mind, hopefully at some point to say, okay, this is not productive. This is not an effective uh, movement towards our common goal. I'm going to step down one, two rungs. Like, how did I get here? Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. I even call a timeout right? and I step away from it. But yeah. my goal is to slow the pace or the rhythm or to bring us, bring us both back in stride. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? There's a good chance that I like how you said is you were stepping down a rung or two. The reason you're doing that because you know what? Hey, wait, this, the way this is going is familiar to me because of some interaction yes. I had in my life. I can, like you said, control, I can, I can pivot or, or run an audible on this right now and have a totally positive outcome. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's the thing, Alex, is that we, so many conversations start at the extreme. Yes. And I've been saying this a lot lately, a lot, a lot lately, is that we, we need to start in the middle, right? We need to, you know, rally around whatever it is, right? It yeah. is a fact. It is a situation. It is an issue. Uh, it is, you know, something going on in our world. Why are we sitting across the table? We've been brought to the table and maybe Mm -hmm. we're the exact right people to be at this table. Mm -hmm. But people, lots of times those people who are brought to the table are bringing their extreme passion, beliefs, 
values and their own experiences initially right uh, initially just, that's how they start yeah. yeah 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 and and you know you know as we've talked before in that many people aren't even aware of that mm-hmm. right and so if if i can at least be one of the people at that table going into this and i you know again i'm not trying to i'm not trying to discount perspectives emotions beliefs you know that but if i can try to put my place self in a place that it's kind of void of that on my end mm-hmm. and not sounding condescending but just trying to get to the facts right common facts that we know like this is what we know versus this is what hearsay and this is what perspective and this is what emotions are i try to start in the middle i try to i, I try to start there you know all the time that it's it's not easy though right right Right. And I think you greatly increase the chance that that two people, a group of people, whatever it is, can can reach common ground when everyone starts with objectivity. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact that, you know, we do we do these exercises, you know, in our day to day lives is, you know, we, we speak in the subjective, mm-hmm. but then we say, you know, you know, we, you know, we, we ask, you know, we we're looking for, okay, well, what's the objective measurement of that? Right. Absolutely. And, and that's what I try to do with conversations and communication. Somebody comes at me and they're yelling at me and I don't want them to feel like, again, that I'm, discounting what they're saying but i'm also not going to let them get a rise out of me my, right. my, fav- my favorite moments are when i agree with somebody <laughs> yeah. you know and we're we're actually coming at it from the same position but they're upset with me that i'm not as emotionally invested and i'm not as passionate about it that that doesn't serve me well and it doesn't serve our purpose well if we just then turn with two voices screaming loudly that's right (laughs) you know right yeah so i i completely agree with you dave yeah and and you know and the last thing I'll, i'll i'll put on that is just that you know one of the things that i've you know i've tried to employ lately is is you know, first first of all again i say i try to remove emotion and the people who know me they know i'm an emotional being so when i've removed emotion they're like okay this is a serious moment right mm-hmm. but little things in 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 the approach right that i that i do is like instead of saying you know i'm or you're part of the problem even the way we word something maybe we just say i or you or we're part of the change or the solution mm-hmm. yeah, I like so that. many people pointing fingers in that so so it's like it you know beyond the conversation there needs to be accountability and 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 that is you know we have a whole other episode on that so <laughs> you know shout out to a, another episode but there has to be mutually beneficial accountability yeah i totally agree dave and and it's 
it's interesting when you think about, okay, well, this is a very tough conversation. Gosh, everything we've talked about so far, keeping that in, in your mind, in the moment, staying objective, um, you know, trying to start the conversation from the middle, like you said, um, it's helpful in that prepar uh, preparation or just to consider um, a couple of phrases and keep them at the ready. Uh, and, and this might help people to feel respected um, feel a part of the, the solution, like you just said. And I, I, I came across, there's a bunch of them out there. One of them that I've always kind of kept in my back pocket, it's an easy example, uh, is actually a question. It, you know, I've, I've actually had to ask people, listen, uh, what needs to happen in order for us to move forward here? And that, that seems to quell um, however you showed up at the beginning for the conversation, if they didn't start in the middle, and, and gets to the posture that you talked about of, of being a part of the change or solution, it seems to create, hey, you know, there is, there is a, a positive possibility here. Oh, I love that, Alex. I, <laughs> I love that. I love the, you know, what needs to happen for us to move forward. And, and you know, we've, we've spoke about this. And, and by putting, you know, the word us in there, yes, yes. it personalizes it. Right. And so, so, and, and we're going to do this together. Yes. This, this is a conversation that could go on for hours. And you know, I, I'm hoping that in a half hour, we've been able to plant a seed, right. With a couple of, you know, a couple of concerns, fears people might have, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even examples they can learn from as well as, as some strategies. So here's the thing, a couple of things that we have identified during our conversation is that everybody has a ladder by which they reach a behavior or an action on. And maybe it starts with coming down from that ladder. It's about looking at the facts to figure out within those facts where our common ground exists because then you can start inviting perspective and experience and even emotion into the conversation. Then you can move towards a mutually beneficial solution and not simply moving away from a problem. And I really like that question that you offered up and that question being offered at the very beginning is, what needs to happen for us to move forward? Absolutely. So Alex, let me ask you, is this a good place to set this one down? I love it. Perfect, Dave. Yeah. Well, as always, it's been great talking to you. Great to talk with you too. Thank you, Dave. Thank you.